0: That comes to Jesus Christ one day, a child of God is going to be not only in heaven, but what are we going to do at the end? We are going to stand and we are going to have part in the judgment of God. If we're going to stand before God and judge one day, then why can't we judge righteously today? Paul says, You better be careful.
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible-teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're beginning a new week in our continuing study of 1 Corinthians. Exploring its instructions for believers locked in conflict with each other, Roll will lead us to understand that God's path to resolution is very different from the world's. We hope you'll follow along today to see that while society is filled with people filing lawsuits to settle disputes, God calls us to pursue private reconciliation. Today's lesson is titled Failure to Solve Disputes. Let's join Roll Reese now as he begins in 1 Corinthians chapter 6.
0: Well, we're dealing with a subject tonight that's not a favorite subject, but it's concerning lawsuits in the church. And it's a pretty interesting topic when you read it with Paul the Apostle. He's bringing it out because of the uh, Corinthian church Uh, The Corinthian church was rapidly losing its testimony in the city. If you have your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, literally the chapter deals with failure in the church to solve personal disputes in the church. Lawsuits. But uh, it's amazing how people just want to sue. Somebody hits you from behind. Oh, my neck. And it's pretty amazing because if you're a child of God, you better be careful. Cuz let's say that you sue somebody and you get a lot of money, but you don't really deserve that money. Then you become a cheat. And you become a phony concerning these things. Paul was very concerned concerning these people in the Corinthian church. Remember last week, one of the concerns was that there was a young man living together with his mother-in-law in the church sexually. And nobody was saying anything about it. They were allowed to come into the church and fellowship. The pastor was quiet about it. The elders, the deacons. And nobody really approached them and shared with them that they were wrong in what they were doing. When Paul finally found out, he wrote the letter and he said, Hey, that person needs to be rebuked for what they're doing. It's not right before God and before the eyes of the church and the eyes of the world. And if that person doesn't want to repent, then that person needs to be what? Excommunicated out of the church until they repent. Then they're welcome back into the church. Paul the Apostle is so amazing in the subjects and the topics that he teaches in the book of Corinthians. Because the book of Corinthians or the church of Corinth was a church like today. Most churches are like the church of Corinth. They had a problem with carnality. They were not spiritual people. There were people that loved reading the Bible, hearing sermons, but they would not live according to the Word of God. And in this chapter, he's going to deal now with this whole issue of lawsuits involving members of the body of Christ in the church. But it's pretty amazing how people will come along and they want money. They want money. There are so many losses in the world today, especially in America. Let me read you something pretty interesting. Right now in the United States, it is rapidly getting not only a bad rap from all over the world, because over 200,000 civil suits, civil suits were filed in the federal courts in one recent 12-month period. Can you imagine that? Nearly 1 million Lawyers, their number is increasing that are handling all these cases. In one year, more than 12 million suits were filed in the state courts. Now, you know how that works. I mean, it's amazing how when people get bitter, they get angry, and they really don't want to settle out of court Especially if you have something in your life. If you have money. Or you have property value. Or whatever it may be. When they find out, immediately they go for the juggler. And then of course you have lawyers. And lawyers cost a lot of money. A lot of money to go to court. But it's amazing how people will try to get money out of churches. Out of people that are, don't even have any money. And they'll come after you to get whatever they can. Paul the Apostle here is sharing concerning not the outsiders, but those that are inside. Those that are Christians. Look how he begins in chapter 6, so that we can get a, a full picture of this. Because here we see that problems should always and constantly be settled within the church. Not outside of the church. If you don't have to go to court, praise God, settle it outside of court. Why? Because number one, whenever a Christian sues another Christian, what happens? It's a bad testimony to the church and the non-believers rejoice over it. That's what happens. They see that. And they see the angry person. And they see not only the viciousness of that person as they're trying to not only lie and cheat in court. Perjury. We have to be careful that we make sure that we understand the Word of God. In chapter 6 verses 1 through 8, he's actually talking about considering the lost sinners. Look, Christians... If you're mad at each other, or you have somebody that did some work for you, and they didn't do it right, and they're Christians, hey, go to them, the biblical way, go to them and tell them the problem, and get the problem fixed, but don't do a lawsuit. And you don't ever want to ruin anybody's reputation. That's the worst thing you can do. It's sad, but it's true, of how many people that have not been guilty, but have been innocent, and yet, because people talk, They have ruined a person's reputation. God doesn't want us to do that. God wants us to be honorable with one another. Paul says in verse 1, "There any of you having a matter against another, go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints. What's he talking about? Well, first of all, When he uses the word another, he's referring to a brother in the Lord. A Christian brother or sister. Okay? If you have a matter or a problem with that person, you know, whatever it may be. He says, go to law or if you're going to a heathen court, then the unrighteous, what? What? won't understand that the unrighteous will give judgment, and then who gets hurt? The church or the believer gets hurt. Why? Because a non-believer doesn't have the Spirit of God. He's a heathen. He's not a believer. He doesn't believe in the Word of God. He doesn't know the Word of God and what God's Word teaches. So Paul wants to make sure that we understand that. Dare any of you having a matter against another brother or sister, go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints. He says, Why are you going to heathen courts when you can settle it with believers, the elders of the church or the pastors of the church, coming together. And then when you settle the situation, you have to be a man and a woman of your word. And have integrity. And do what is right, no matter what you have to do to make it right. That's important. And I think it's important that because we are believers that if you're an electrician or you're a doctor or a banker or you're a policeman or a fireman, whatever your trade may be or your profession may be, we are expected to be of greater integrity even when we put out jobs to the people that are non-believers. Understand that. That's why I get so concerned sometimes with believers. Because, you know, if you're doing business with a believer, then there should be not only a trust and a confidence in that person that you're not going to get ripped off. That you're telling me the truth. And if you want to give me a deal, praise God. If not, that's alright too. I'll pay the cost. But don't cheat me. Be honest. Be honest. Be honest. And what I want from you is I want the best from you. In your workmanship and whatever you're doing, I want the best. Why? Because I'm going to give you my best. That's really important. That as believers, we're more accountable than non-believers. Why? Because we are children of the light. Children that belong to Jesus Christ. And the world will expect more of us. Because the world already, what? Criticizes us as believers. As believers. Not backbiting a brother or a sister or going against them, but try to reconcile, try to be loving and kind and merciful and graceful and not trying to destroy some person. That's important. Because sometimes there's too much bitterness. And yet sometimes you do have to go to court. You see, depending on the case, depending on the situation. But if you don't have to go to court, then don't go to court. Settle it out of court, Paul says.
1: This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Don't forget, we're here to spur you on in your journey with the Lord. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 for a variety of faith-building resources, including this week's offer of an insightful CD pack titled, Walking Righteously. Now back to more with Raul Reese and today's lesson, Failure to Solve Disputes.
0: Then he says this in verse 2. He says, do you not know? That one day the Christian believers will judge the world. That's pretty incredible. Did you know that no matter what kind of a judge you may be here tonight. If you're a judge, uh, you know, civil law, whatever it may be. I mean, you have a lot of power. But can you imagine what Paul is saying? Not a judge. He says, you, everyone that comes to Jesus Christ, one day a child of God is going to be not only in heaven, but what are we going to do at the end? We are going to stand and we are going to have part in the judgment of God. Can you believe that? Pretty incredible. Hey, if we're going to stand before God and judge one day, then why can't we judge righteously today? If that's going to be our future. Paul says you better, better be careful. Look what else he says. And if the world will be judged by you. You, he says, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? He makes you look into eternity. He says, look, if one day you're going to be with God. And you're going to be judging the world with God. Then why isn't it possible today for you to judge the smallest of matters? You see, we can if we do it righteously, if we do it biblically. But if you're going to sit there and argue and verbally assault a person and lie and cheat, then they will not be settled because we're not doing it as unto the Lord. You see, we have to do it as unto the Lord that God is there and he's watching and he's hearing everything we're saying. And if you messed up, be honest. Hey, the work that I did was messed up. Hey, I'm willing to do this, this, to make it up, but I'll do it. Instead of covering yourself and making excuses for yourself. Be honest. Be a person of integrity. Be proud of the work that you do. If it's good, but if it's not, then learn how to do it better. So you don't disappoint people. You come to that place in your life that you can not only be talked about in a good way, but as I do it as unto the Lord, you see? Unto the Lord. Every job, everything that I do is unto the Lord. And if I'm doing it unto the Lord, I'm going to do the best that I can to the Lord. Just like when you give of your money, when you give of everything you have, you give the best to the Lord. You don't give your castoffs. You see? You give him the best. And then he's honored. And then you're honored. This is what Paul is trying to get across. Verse 3. Don't you know that we shall even judge angels? Can you imagine that? Now this is in reference, and believe it or not, this is in reference to what? To wicked angels. Satan and his angels one day we're going to judge. That's why in the book of uh, Isaiah the prophet, in the 14th chapter of the book of Isaiah, when he's speaking about Satan, he says, one day we're going to stand in the presence of God. And when we see physically and spiritually Satan, we're going to go, is that him? The one that bugged the whole world all the time? And they went in and deceived all the nations of the world. We're going to be shocked when we see Satan. Why? Because today people have a picture of Satan with horns, a long tail, a pitchfork, and he's red. And he has a little goatee. No. He says what? That Satan is a beautiful angel of God. He was an archangel at one time. He's not ugly like people think. Demons are ugly. And what's incredible about the angel world is that there are good angels and there are bad angels. And when Satan was cast out of heaven in Revelation 12, uh, verses 10 through 12, he's actually thrown out of heaven. What happens? One third of the angels followed Satan. And they were thrown out. And there are billions and billions of good angels in heaven. When you read the book of Revelation, you see it. In the presence of God, worshiping God. But one day... These angels, and there are some angels, according to Second Peter chapter 2, 4 and Jude 6, angels that at way back in the book of Genesis, when the flood came, they were very bad angels that fell with Satan. They actually had to be put in chains in Tarsus, in this place in the center of the earth next to hell. They're in chains waiting for judgment today. They are so fierce that if they were let loose today, they would wipe out everybody. Imagine that. It's pretty incredible when you think of those angels that fell. Those demons. When you go back to the book of Genesis chapter 6, and you study the actual flood of Noah. These angels were coming in, and they were cohabiting women. They were literally having sex with women. You say, well the Bible says that angels are sexless. Yes, Evil angels, it doesn't say anything about good angels. That good angels are what? They they can't have sex. There's no more marriage. There's nothing like that in heaven, even for us when we get to heaven. But these evil angels were coming and possessing the bodies of these women. And they were actually, what, impregnating the women. And they had a half human being and a half angel. And when God sent the flood, you can read in Genesis. They were called Nephthilim in the Hebrew. Pretty incredible stuff. We believe that angels are real. They're God's messengers and He uses them for His glory and His purpose. He even uses them for protection. One angel in the Old Testament when Assyria came against Jerusalem and surrounded the city with 185,000 Assyrians. King Hezekiah was in the throne. And King Shenneker sent a runner and threw the script over the wall. And as he picked it up, he opened it up and he took it before the Lord. He said, Lord, these are their threats. What are you going to do about it? And God said to Hezekiah, the king, go to sleep tonight. Tomorrow morning, wake up, go up to the wall and look over the wall. And he went to sleep. He woke up the next morning. He was so excited. He had jumped up and he rapped to the wall. He got over the wall and he looked out. And he saw 185,000 Assyrians and they were all dead. During the night, one angel came and wiped them all out. One angel. So there are good angels and there are bad angels. Here it's in reference to evil angels in Jude 6 and 2 Peter 2.4. That are going to do what? That are going to be judged by us. He says, Now, if you're going to judge angels, how much more things pertaining to this life? If you're going to do eternity, then how about this temporal life, which is only for a season? Where's your authority? Where's your wisdom? Where's your knowledge? Our authority is in the authority of Jesus Christ. You see? And the wisdom and the knowledge comes from God. So Paul is literally rebuking these people. Telling him, hey, what's wrong with you? Why do you have to go to court and man, bring your brother to shame? And judge him and even come to the place where you have to take from him or he has to take from you. And then it's a shame when the world sees it. And then what happens, it's a bad witness to the church and to the believer. Verse 4. If then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life. If you have problems. You have to sue somebody. Do you appoint those who are the least esteemed by the church to judge? Notice that. That is they will judge in truth. And they'll go to the word of God and prayer to make judgment. When you go to the church. And you take the elders, or you take the pastors, and they come together in this matter. What's the first thing they're going to do? They're going to seek the mind of God. They're not just going to rap to you. They're going to seek the mind of the Lord, and they're going to pray with you. And they're going to pray for the matter that's taking place. And there's a time of prayer, and a time of waiting, and then a time of decision. And then the answer is given You see, to the person or the persons that are involved in the problem. That's what Paul is talking about. Going to the word of God. Going to prayer. Speaking truth. Then in verse 5 he says, I say this to your shame. Aren't you embarrassed? He says, I'm talking to you because it's embarrassing what you're doing. He said, So, that there is not a wise man among you. Hey, what's the matter? Don't you have somebody that's smart? And that is wise in the word of God? Not even one who will be able to judge between his brethren? There's nobody in the church, he's saying, that can stand up and say, Hey, hey we are righteous. And we're not going to go to the law of courts. We're going to judge righteously right this very moment. He's calling for righteous people, people that have integrity, people that will stand by the truth of the word of God. That's what he's talking about. Verse six, he says, But brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers. You see, that's the problem. They're going to heathen courts, and it's two Christians going to heathen courts. Now therefore, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to the law against one another. Why do you not rather accept the wrong? Hey, why don't you just humble yourself instead of going to court? Hey, you know what? I was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm going to pay for the damages. But why make a big stink about it? And get attention to yourself. This is a real problem today. Even among the church. And Paul wants to clarify. That we understand even here tonight. That from today on. Not only are you accountable. And liable for the word of God. But whenever something like this happens to you. You need to be a man and a woman of godliness. And to do what the Bible says. Not what some Lord is telling you to do. Make sure you get godly counsel.
1: If you're involved in a conflict that seems headed for a lawsuit, we encourage you to consider what you've learned today about how God wants you to handle disagreements with your fellow believers. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Now, if you'd like to review today's message, we'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. Simply call us at 800-634-9165 and mention today's lesson, Failure to Solve Disputes. We'd also like to tell you about Rawls' four-CD series titled Walking Righteously. This study will guide you in grounding all of your decisions in the wisdom of Scripture and will challenge you to commit to obedience as you pursue the Lord's leading. Act now to purchase this audio collection with helpful wisdom for a God-honoring life. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls 4-Message Audio Pack titled Walking Righteously. We'll send you this series for a gift of $19 or more. Once again, our phone number is 800-634-9165. Or if you'd like, you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. The mission of this broadcast ministry is to be a source of discipleship even when these programs aren't on the air. One way we do that is by providing devotional emails delivered to your inbox every day. You get the benefit of having Rawls insights into particular verses of Scripture in a way that will stay with you as you go about your daily routine. It would also make a great resource to share with your family as you gather around God's Word. Signing up is easy. Simply go to somebodylovesyou.com. This is a listener-supported ministry, and your tax-deductible contributions keep these programs on the air. Thanks so much for your partnership. Join us next time for our continuing study of 1 Corinthians. Together, we'll hear the Apostle Paul's challenge to go beyond lip service in our commitment to the Lord, choosing instead to make each day and each decision a testament of true devotion.